ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say you Gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. Morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday, it feels a little bit like a Monday, uh, but that's fantastic. we got a short week ahead of us and lots of football. Uh, we certainly had lots of football this past weekend and more straight ahead. Um, it is, of course, the day after Labor Day. Jeffrey, how was your first Labor Day weekend. How was your first college football weekend, real college football weekend, balancing parenting and football watching? It was an added element, but it wasn't a distraction. You know what I mean? Like it, I was still able you to focus on it. Focused? I was still able to focus on the football. It's just now. Were you able to? Fo- my my real question was: Were you able to focus on the daughter? We're, that's what I'm saying. Like I was. <laughs> you were still able to focus on the daughter. Correct. It's. It helps that I'm a professional television watcher in yeah. general. No, you've been training for this your so whole life. I know, hey, this is these are the windows where we're going to have some room to to operate if you will. Let's focus on getting through those and that way we won't we won't miss any of the action. Uh overall though, overall a solid football weekend. A solid football. I weekend. am a little more concerned this weekend because there's more really good games on Saturday, like jam-packing a Saturday. Well, so I, as the as the day unfolds, I'm watching it unfold, and, of course, I'm concerned about my money, mm-hmm. which I've invested with you. Right, but it's week one. Listen, Jeff, come on. I don't know, but I lose track of the big picture of mm-hmm. how you did. It felt like, and we'll get to these, obviously, on, on some of the big calls, North Carolina, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Florida State and Colorado. Those are the three like big ones. Yeah, dead wrong. <laughs> right, right. Dead wrong. But dead the, wrong. I would rather be dead wrong than have the then screwed. Correct. I'd right. rather just be dead we'll wrong. Discuss because I can make an adjustment on well, dead that, wrong. And that's why it was always fascinating to me that that when we had John Martin in here last week, he was saying this is the week to really make bank, and I'm like, how do you know? Like I, I don't like you say that, but how how do you like? How do we know that North Carolina, which get can nine sacks, they couldn't play dead in defense last year? They had year, sixteen sacks all last, last year, year combined. So, so how do we know like they're going to be unleashing, <laughs> unleashing uh, a fearsome Tar Heel pass rush? How, how did we know that? I don't, I don't, I don't see how you can know that. Before see, that actually won. wasn't the biggest concern I had in that game. Of like, did you know this? What I did not know is that South Carolina had moved two quarterbacks, one to receiver, and one to tailback. That's alarming. When you sit there and you go, hey, we're so thin at that skill we're moving. that we're moving our second and third quarterbacks out to play. But that could you have known that? Or did they not? It's that, that's the old I didn't know Luke Doty was going to play. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, so uh, on those three, dead wrong. But uh, we it's week one. And so uh, we can we can adjust. 
Clemson, obviously, shocker. Notice uh, I didn't include that one. Like, that's a tradition of, all right, Clemson early against, we didn't even, I, that's that's how I feel about Clemson. Uh, anyway, you got through the weekend. I uh, I had a very nice weekend. I did go down to the opening of, the reopening of Tom Lee Park on Saturday. And um, listen, I, I have no idea in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, if we're going to look back at it, I, I think right now, if you, it, when people talk about Shelby Farms Park, they only talk about it as a resounding success, right? Yes. It's like, it's great. Yes. Great. Um, and then right now, if you look at Mud Island, you talk about Mud Island, like, oh, what a freaking debacle that is, right? Yeah, I think, I think Shelby Farms is in like the same category as like AutoZone Park was once upon a time where it's like. And it's, Everyone right, uni- and universally is like, isn't this great? great? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's universally great. Um, I, I so I have no idea how this is going to go, and obviously, um, to say I think they said this last week to say that it has to be properly maintained is almost goes without saying. Of course, that's true. It, it, just like buying a new car, if you then trash it, run into things, whatever the sure. way I do a new car, then you're going to look up in three years. Well, you don't buy say, new cars. This is a crappy car. And, uh, and so, um, so it, of course it, what, what, what has struck me about it is, is we've gotten back to the assumptions when I was, when I first moved to Memphis, it felt like there was a, an assumption and it was stunning to me as someone who was just moving here. There was this assumption that everything was going to be crap. Right? Like, yeah. and that everything, and if it was good, it was gonna, it was gonna be crap in the end, and mostly epitomized by the, don't bring the Grizzlies here because they're gonna leave. Like that was the, that was the fatalism. Like if you bring something here, it will be destroyed, leave, disabled, whatever. It will flop, and that went away for a long time, uh, or was certainly diminished. And it feels like that, like because when you get pushback on the park. Obviously, a lot of it's the Memphis and May Barbecue Fest stuff, but then a lot of it is, uh, well, it's going to be crap, and they're not going to take care of it and whatever. Well, I, I certainly hope that's not true because it is gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Now, it's also a little bit, like it did strike me. I've lived here 27 years, except for Memphis and May. And uh, honestly, I've been to Music Fest twice and Barbecue Fest twice, so not not very much of those either. But except for Memphis and May, I literally have never set foot in on the riverfront in 27 years. Never set foot on the riverfront. So I'm going to presume it's going to bring people back more than that. Um, will it be Shelby Farms in terms of just... Shelby Farms is smack in the middle of where residential Memphis lives. And so it's an easy commute for people to get there. They can get there. There's, although we have a decent downtown population, not as robust. And obviously on the other side of the river, not many people live right there at all. Right. Right. And sure. so, so you have, you, there's a floodplain, there's a floodplain. Right. And so, and then you got downtown where, yeah, there's, there's uh, some occupancy there. So I'll be curious as to whether people go there. Like, is it so great people will go there. It was pretty great Saturday. It was also, um, it was also, uh, you know, they had, they had a, a volleyball tournament going on. They had a yoga, free yoga going on. The Frisbee was going on. It was just a scene and it was, it was just gorgeous. It was absolutely, uh, Memphis at its best. It was beautiful. And I do hope that, uh, some of y'all take advantage of the fact uh, that it's there. Basketball courts also just stunning. Penny, of course, had opened them up uh, late last week, uh, officially opened them up. And so um, I did that, and then I watched a lot of football, and I went on a long bike ride. We will today, uh, because it is the first day after the long weekend, we will do the Fight Song Roundup, which we traditionally do on Monday. But we'll do that on Tuesday because it's our first day back. So we'll do the Fight Song Roundup. We'll celebrate some teams that deserve to be celebrated uh, and uh, and blow up a team that deserves to Jeff, be blown up. Jeff, we had to up. get some fight songs this morning. We will. There wasn't a lot. Of, it's true. Like the teams that deserve to be celebrated really deserve to be Correct. celebrated. Like the first three, 100% obvious slam dunk. But eh, after that, 
And so we'll talk about those teams that deserve to be celebrated, that do extraordinary things in the next segment. Then Chris Harrington's going to join us. Uh, we'll talk a FIBA. The U.S. right now rolling, rolling over Italy. This is what this is like. This is a bounce back game, Jeffrey. This is a revenge game after losing to Lithuan- Lithuania over the weekend. The U.S. destroying Italy. Jaron's not doing a lot though. What, he had two points last I checked. Four points. What's Jaron got there? Um, but anyway, I think the game just ended and it was a crushing. It was absolutely a uh, yeah. It was a it was a throttling. So they move into the semifinals. We'll talk to Chris about that. And then it's Fish on Friday on Tuesday. So we have an incredibly busy day. Uh, The other thing that did happen over the weekend was um, we lost, I don't know, icons, Jeffrey? Are we calling them icons? Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth and Jimmy Buffett both died. Jimmy Buffett definitely is an icon. Did either of those have, like, did Smash Mouth or Jimmy Buffett, were they ever on your uh, playlist? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was never like, I was never a, like a diehard parrot head. Um, with that being said, I'm never discounting a, a man that made music and is worth a billion dollars. Um, it is incredible. Like, like, like he has this, like, uh, Jimmy Buffett had this sort of laid back, you know, flip flops. I mean, like he kind of beer, he, whatever. He kind of, he embodied the whole like island escapism. Yeah. No, he, he, he was a. He was a country music guy, um, moved to Nashville, released a couple of records. He was actually, he, he was a journalist. He graduated from Southern Miss with a journalism degree, and he covered the music industry, which helped him get a couple of records released in Nashville. No one bought them. So then he goes to Key West. He says, this is cool, and basically builds a music career around that lifestyle of uh, breezes and ocean and uh, margaritas and all the rest. Only one top 10 hit, uh, Margaritaville, was his only top 10 hit, but um, became a absolute, he very clearly was not as laid back off the stage because he built a business that, as you point out, it's weird, the Washington Post said it was five hundred million, but the New York Times, quoting Forbes, said it was worth a billion. Yeah, um, and so he was worth a billion dollars. Warren Buffett, no relation. They actually did a DNA test once, and but he called him Uncle Warren. They were close friends. Um, he flew his own planes. He was once piloting a plane with Bono on it that was fired on by the Jamaican government uh, for, for potential drug smuggling. Who hasn't at least had something similar <laughs> so happen to them once or twice? Did that happen? And, uh, yeah, uh, dies at the age of 73. Um, Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth uh, uh, died at 56. They both, in the end... Liver got both of them, well, right? No, no. Skin cancer got you. They both died for lifestyle reasons. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, I'm, you know, Steve Hardwell was alcohol, liver, yeah. like I that. mean, anyone that's followed Smash Mouth recently, like he's, he's, had a, he's had struggles. Yeah. And Jimmy Buffett, uh, you know, back in the day, we didn't exactly use sunscreen. No, you know, he we, had that leathery we, we, look we, of right, someone who we just, w- yes. We would take baby oil and put it on us to get a proper tan. Just tanning oil, please. <laughs> as opposed to... Uh, we as, don't want to see double digits in the SPF. So he had a rare form of skin cancer and has been battling skin cancer for four years, evidently, and he died over the weekend as well. All right, we're going to get to the teams that... Uh, the, the, some of the bigger games from around the country in the next segment. I thought, though, we'd start because we're not... I, I just... I, Jeffrey, we have to have some dignity. And right. we, we are not going to play Mississippi State's Ole Miss, Arkansas, Memphis, or even Tennessee's fight song for what they did over the weekend. Yeah. We will talk about them now. We will analyze to the extent that we can analyze. But I don't think any of those deserve a fight song. Do you? No, I'm with you because they all those teams did exactly what I expected, including Tennessee, who we put on the court. So... Uh, we'll take them uh, just a little bit. In terms of Memphis, I went to that game, and um, 
in terms of the scene, it's eye of the beholder stuff, right? Like if you want to, uh, I definitely think there's an expectation element. Like what were your expectations? Yeah, it's, or, it's, you know, if you want to crap on the university for drawing, for scheduling the way they scheduled and then drawing 26,632, which is 6,000 fewer than last year, um, which is, uh, as Mark pointed out, I think one of the, it, it, the absolute smallest crowds, except for the COVID year and the, and the tour and the hurricane year. Remember, it's the smallest crowd in forever. It was modest. It was not. I mean, I got to credit you. You said a great line. I think you well, said twenty-seven thousand. I said twenty-seven thousand, and yeah. it was twenty. It was just under. It was twenty-six. Oh, you said six. a good line. Yeah. No, I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't so, saying you had to nail. You you were just trying to set the it line. It is what I expected. When you go there, it feels pretty empty. It, it just does. It's too big a stadium. That's one of the things that's lost in this whole pouring money into the Liberty Bowl thing. They're going to end up putting $200 bucks into a stadium that no one really likes to begin with. I mean, yeah, sight lines. We all like the sight yeah. lines, all that stuff, right? But no one thinks it's the perfect solution because it's so freaking big. Now, mind you, it will be shrunk in, the, in these next renovations. We'll... Uh, it, it will be smaller, but it won't be that much smaller because it's got to host the Liberty Bowl and the Southern Heritage Classic. Yeah, I told Mark, one of the fundamental problems of the whole money distribution is in a perfect world, you get a new Liberty Bowl, a new stadium right? that would be completely redesigned. It would not look like it does now, and you would get a new arena because the way when both stadiums were built, the emphasis of how you like the business model. Oh, how you build something. Correct. And now it's much more basketball as you you would like it. I mean, what would what wouldn't you love to have an intimate twelve ten thousand seat arena, twelve thousand seat arena? Well, like even if you want to do like basketball arena, even if you're talking about it at the NBA level, everyone's making smaller, more intimate venues. Right. Like you're not trying to make the twenty four thousand seat. You know, certainly palace. in college. Certainly in college. And in college, for sure. I mean, you look at most of the new ones that are under ten. So yeah, it was it was uh, it was not a massive crowd. Pretty good for the student section, honestly. For for the, the student section was pretty robust for a Memphis student section, and so that's that would be the negative in terms of the scene. The positive, there were there weren't twenty six thousand, but we'll say twenty six thousand. There were twenty six thousand people. They're having a good time. Like. It, it just depends on how you look at it. Like, I, for those who want to disband the football program, there were, I will guarantee, even in real fannies in the seats, more than twice as many people there for that football game than there, will be, than there were for any Memphis Tiger basketball game last year. Yes. More than twice as many people yeah. than for any Tiger basketball game last year. They were having a good time. Stunning weather. Beautiful. Like, the weather was just perfect. I went at one point. I was sat outside. Uh, and let's be honest, there was plenty of room. You could, you could, and it, and it was, a, it was a good game to bring your little kids to because they could sprint around, yes. you know, in the stadium, <laughs> and uh, you could play some good pickup. But there were people having a great time. They had a lovely time. Stephen Gaskowski unleashed the Tigers or whatever they're saying that he did it with his foot, uh, so that was cool, and um, so that was all great. Um, and then they won absolutely the way they should have won, fifty-six to fourteen, and and as with all of these. Local schools, impossible to know what to make of it. Um, the defense is literally number one in the country right now. Yes. And they weren't the only team to play a cupcake. Correct. There are a lot of teams that played cupcakes. They just smashed the cupcake uh, particularly persuasively, gave up only 91 yards of total defense. Uh, that's the first time under 100 yards since SMU in 2000. And 15, they gave up four first downs. They gave up 39 rushing yards, whatever you want to say about the defense. And they didn't give up a score because it was the offense that gave up the scores. So uh, so the defense was tremendous. Are they going to be tremendous against Missouri? Missouri? Or Boise State? Jeffrey, are they, is the defense going to be tremendous against Boise State? I don't know. I think it's possible against both those teams because I'm not sure what either of those teams' offenses are. Right. Like when I when I watched Missouri last week, it's again who's to say, but their offense did not look fixed explosive, and explosive. Right. Yeah. 
And the same thing with Boise, where they're trying to turn their quarterback into a pocket passer, and that seems to be very, very misguided. Uh, but all, all, all you can do is play the opponent in front of you, and they played the opponent in front of them and held them to 91 yards. And then in terms of offensively, uh, Sutton Smith got the most carries. That was good. Uh, and and cracked the 100-yard mark. That was good. Blake Watson was good. Three touchdowns. Um, they had two running backs there who both looked effective. Uh, Jay Ducker did not play. Joe Skates did not play, both because of injuries. Honestly, oh, uh, your, uh, your uh, Seth Morgan, new kicker, comes in. He's perfect. Six to six on extra points. Two field goals. Is the uh, American Athletic Conference Special Teams Player of the Week. If you're asking me what was disappointing on the field. Turnovers? Yeah, and Seth wasn't great. Yeah. You know, turnovers were and, and Seth wasn't great. Like, Seth, you expect to be the best player on the field. And he wasn't. He was fine. Uh, 26, 27 of 36, 334 yards. Uh, and two touchdowns. So, uh, it was everything you probably really wanted from that from that team. And, and now they go... And they play Arkansas State that got absolutely crushed. Absolutely crushed. And we will revisit that next. In terms of the other games, Jeffrey, Ole Miss, Arkansas, State, and Tennessee, what stuck out what stuck out to you? So And how'd you feel about the Joe Milton era? So let's I guess let's start there. That's really the most of those, that's the thing, right? Yes, yeah, so let's start there. At times, it looked like same old Joe Milton. Where, Second quarter, he was like, "Woo!" Yeah, correct. I think if he would have hit, there was a wide open touchdown pass. Oh, it was, and it was a freaking and rocket. it was a dime. It was an absolute dime. It's, absolute dime. How many yards in the air? 60, I mean, 70? I mean, it was a. The dude and it has hit a hose. his hand. It hit right, his receiver hit right in the hands. In the hands. If he connects on that pass, then I think it's it's Milton mania, because that really would have kind of like. There at was that a point, moment. at that point, it's going to be you know twenty-one nothing, and it looks like the route is on. It didn't happen that way, and then it kind of took to the second half for Tennessee to get going. But overall, I thought Tennessee looked solid. Uh, you still saw offensively, you know, they run for two ninety-four. They threw it efficiently enough. I saw nothing that gave me concern of this team is is not going to be I, I still when I saw the rest of the SEC, I still think that they are a top four SEC team. With that said, I think Virginia's horrible, so I don't really know what right. to do contextually with that. Uh how about state Arkansas State wins forty eight to seven. Arkansas wins fifty seven thirteen and yeah. Ole Miss seven a tidy seventy three to seven over Mercer. Caden Prescorn out for the year. That's not good. No, no, out for like a month. Is that, is that true? Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be out for a month, month okay. probably. Out for the start of the year. He's going to be – they're they're hoping to get him back for the Alabama game. Jackson Dart looked great. Jackson Dart looked really good, but at the same time, like, I didn't know what to make of it because Missouri, or, pardon, Mercer was just so overmatched physically. Right. I mean, Ole Miss comes out and scores on basically every possession that they had with Dart with the exception of one where they had a fumble that wasn't his fault. So – I didn't really know what to do. The thing that I did think was impressive about Ole Miss is Dart looked much quicker in his decision-making. He was throwing the ball downfield more. The types of things that you saw Matt Corral do his second year that he did, under yeah, Kiffin, right. same things with Dart. With that said, is are they going to be able to just chunk it up and score every time they throw it? <laughs> right. I don't, I'm, I'm betting no. Betting no right. But at the same time, I, I thought they looked good. Mississippi State looked kind of like they did last year. I think they're going to be really good on defense, but I just I'm not sold that this offensive switch was was for the best in terms of this team. Maybe long term it's for the best, but this team I think was built to be an air raid team like and I'm just not sure that the type of like power running play action zone like that's that that's going to be their strong suit. With that said, like I saw nothing that would give me concern about Mississippi State. And then Arkansas, like, I had no idea what to make of it. They they looked effective, but same thing with Ole Miss and Mercer. Uh, in terms of Memphis, one thing that wasn't so great 
was that the other teams in the AAC who are good looked very good. good, right? Like SMU looked very good, Tulane looked very good, and UTSA even losing to Houston in a nail-biter, 17-14. Like all three of those teams who you would say are supposed to be the chalk along with Memphis looked really good. The concern I'd have is I actually would feel pretty good about what UTSA did because I think – What's scary about UTSA is if they're an explosive offense. What we saw is they are they lost a lot of offensive, offensive talent, five, yeah. and they were really struggling. Like Frank Harris had a he was in hell all day. Tulane looks very poised. Of the I said, hey, I'm going to need to see you prove it again. Right. They, well, so far they look pretty darn good because their offense this looked, week, by the way, and that that will be a fun matchup. It will be a fun matchup because it'll apply it'll apply context to both schools because. It's entirely possible South Alabama was not ready for that stage. And I want to see, like, if, if Ole Miss is going to be a top half of the SEC team, like, go and take care of Tulane. But at the same time, Tulane's going to score on you, and get, they're going to make it tough. And then with SMU, I have uh, highlighted Louisiana Tech as one of those teams maybe to fade. And so I'm not quite so you're ready. Not as impressed. Correct, because they struggled with FIU in week zero. And FIU is not a good football team. So I am pumping the brakes a little bit on SMU. But with that said, like SMU, SMU was explosive. SMU looked like, okay, this is why people were high on them. All right. Uh, we are going to take a break, come back to the fight song roundup, and we'll talk about uh, some of the big games around the country. Uh, we will do that next. In the meantime, I will remind you that if disaster strikes, Service Master by Cornerstone, that's who to call, 901-RESPOND. Easy number to remember, but put it in your phone anyway, just so you have it, uh, because when that tree falls on your house at 2 in the morning or uh, the pipe bursts or you got a uh, uh, kitchen fire or whatever it is, you got to know who to call, and it's Service Master by Cornerstone. They are the number one Service Master franchise in the country. Uh, that's pretty good, number one in the country. But they're locally owned. They're locally operated. They've got a 24-hour phone number. They work with every insurance company. Never occurred to me, like, who you would call in that moment, right? Uh, but the answer is Service Master by Cornerstone. 901-RESPOND is the phone number. When we return, Fight Song Roundup, then Chris Harrington, then Fish on Friday on Tuesday. It's Jeff Gawkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm PJ Glasser with BeckQL. Texas Tech returns to Lubbock, Texas in Week 2 to take on number 15, Oregon. After losing outright as two touchdown favorites to Wyoming, the Red Raiders are now 6.5-point underdogs to the Ducks. The look-ahead line for this game was 3.5. It is now up to 6.5. This is too big of a line move. Take Texas Tech plus 6.5 and and sprinkle the money line as well. I'm PJ Glasser. Bet smarter and beat the books with BeckQL and download the BetMGM app today. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, and the process is 100% online. To start your free online visit, go to hymns.com slash joy. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Don't wait to shop Labor Day savings at Lowe's. For a limited time, buy one, get one 50% off on select interior and exterior paints and exterior stains via Lowe's gift card rebate. And the savings don't stop there. Take the kitchen outdoors with grills starting at just $65. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid through 9-6. More terms and restrictions apply. See Lowe's.com slash rebates for details. While supplies last. 
everyone, Boomer Esiason here. And for championship team, every player needs to be a perfect fit. It's just like your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time. Just look for the green check. With over 122 billion parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I feel bad for the Johnson kids next door. Their parents just use their phone for home internet. So when everyone's online, it could be mad slow. Tom can barely play a full round of Horse Commander 3. Luckily, we get fast and reliable internet from Xfinity. So I can game while everyone's on with basically no interruptions. Hey, Jess, can I, uh, borrow some eggs? You want a game here? Please. Now through September 21st, get 75 megabit internet on the Xfinity 10G network for $20 a month for 12 months with no annual contract. And ask about how you can get one free line of unlimited mobile when you upgrade to 400 megabit internet. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. After promo, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. We're talking with Justin Wynn, the GM of Red River Ford Toyota in Wynn. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Dennis. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on Memphis Radio. I tell you, we've got a lot of good things going on. For the last couple years, you've seen dealers battle the shortage of new car inventory. You've seen prices on new cars going up. Well, those days are coming in. We've been able to build a supply of new car inventory sitting here on the lot. So you're actually able to come by, look at vehicles, drive vehicles, push the button, smell that new car smell. I've got plenty of new Toyotas sitting here in stock. I've got new Ford sitting here in stock. I have access to over 700 quality pre-owned vehicles. So if you don't see something that's going to fit your needs and wants, please let us know. More than likely, we have that at one of our other locations. I'll deliver it straight to your driveway, just like I will with any vehicle purchase. There's no need to cross the river and come over, but you do need to give us a call. 870-238-7770. And of course, we're always open at Red River Ford Toyota. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Filipponi here bringing you the parlay of the day brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. For the first time, we can throw out an NFL regular season parlay. And we're going to start with the Bucks getting six and a half at Minnesota. The Vikings defense isn't very good, and Baker Mayfield does have weapons. I expect both teams to score in a close game. The Saints are a three and a half point favorite hosting the Titans. New Orleans has an underrated defense. Derek Carr obviously has a history with the head coach there. Lay the points. I'm going to shock people by taking Arizona versus Washington. The QB matchup should be Josh Dobbs versus Sam Howell. That doesn't seem like a mismatch. Looks pretty even. I'm going to go with Arizona to plus six. This parlay pays plus 597. That's it for the parlay of the day. Brought to you by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app today and make every moment more with America's number one sports book. 21 plus in President Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus best that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call TN Redline. 1-800-889-9789. As Tennesseans, we all see and appreciate the abundant wildlife around us and the great fishing opportunities we have across our state. Thanks to your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. I'm Don King, reminding you that none of this would have been possible without the support of hunters and anglers who have purchased licenses and paid the bills over the years. Don't forget to purchase your license this year. It's a great investment in Tennessee's wildlife future. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades.
One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com. BetMGM is offering football fans a chance at winning big. Enter our free-to-play BetMGM Football Survivor Pool Challenge. Presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Choose any football team to win each week in our survivor pool. Be the last player standing at the end of the season to win up to $100,000. Make sure to choose wisely. Once you've selected a team for the week, they can't be used again for the remainder of the season. Think you know how the pro football action will turn out each week? Log into your account or sign up for BetMGM today to access the BetMGM Football Survivor Pool Challenge. And make your picks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for T's and C's. 21 plus to wager. Tennessee only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Went back to Bounty last week, got the pork belly. That's new on the menu. Oh, my God. Just incredible. And then I later corresponded with the executive chef, Nate Leva. Dad, by the way, was an English professor at the University of Memphis uh, for many years. And uh, now he's uh, doing God's work with pork belly. He says, our belly is special because it's Dura. As a 4-H kid from way back, I know that's kind of a hog, by the way. Which is a domestic heritage Berkshire grade. We cure it, then cook it slowly, submerged in its own clarified fat. Lastly, we flash it on a hot grill and add our garnish and sauce. Just incredible. Incredible. Uh, get the pork belly in addition to the oysters and have yourself a time. It's Bounty on a beautiful restaurant right there on Broad Avenue. 410-8131 is the phone number, 2519 Broad Avenue. All right, Jeffrey, it's that time. Let's do the Fight Song Roundup. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. fire without mentioning coach prime cannot let another moment elapse that was insanity i mean that was quite the way to kick off a saturday holy in terms smoke. of just a game to watch electric and then the a game any if that was just any two teams it would have been a fun game but then with the backstory it becomes that much more compelling but Deion Sanders had 87 total newcomers, 68 new scholarship players, 51 by transfer, 17 freshmen. Uh, nine scholarship players uh, held over from, from last year. Three starters from last year. And they beat last year's national runner-up. Mind you, it may not be this year's national runner-up. But still, absolutely sensational and... And a whole bunch of stars uh, suddenly are on the radar, including his son, who went from 101 uh, on the Heisman race, according to various books, to 20 to 1. Travis Hunter, the two-way star, played 129 snaps, 120 yard, 119 yards of offense, and that gorgeous pick, gorgeous diving pick. He's now 20 to 1. I mean, the thing about Travis Hunter is. I don't know if he's a better receiver or corner. I presume his projection is he's obviously going to be a better corner because of size. But you can see, like, when they're throwing it up deep to him, like, he adjusts to the football perfectly. He's just a, I mean, he's just an absolute stud. And the other incredible thing about this is with all those new players, all that turnover, only six penalties. Oh, no, they looked like the better team from start to finish. Because that was the thing, like, in the end, I end up taking TCU because the entire world is on Colorado plus 20 and a half, and I'm sitting right. there going like, okay, well, that usually doesn't happen, so 
I'm going the other way. By the end of the first quarter, you I was knew, like, I done. was like, uh, uh-uh, and I started hunting for Colorado Live to win. And so like, <laughs> I was setting up. It took it took the first half of the first game for me to sit there and go, how can I lose twice on the same game? Thank God that I didn't. But I mean, it was it was very clear at the beginning in the like first half. Colorado had the better quarterback, and Colorado had the best player on the field in Hunter. Right. So, um, they got Nebraska next. I mean, the perfect situation, of course, is you you are the darling of week one, and then you and turn around in week two, and, 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 the, and one of the and one of the crushing disappointments of week one beats you. With that said, I think their offense is really good. Lewis, their offensive coordinator, was the head coach at Kent State. He made Kent State effective at a job that is typically one of the worst jobs in all of FBS. And, I mean, the way that Shador plays is, like, Shador didn't make any bad decisions. He even had a couple of throws that I thought, like, if they make those throws, this game ends up being a blowout. Like, as long as he's going to play like he has been, they're going to be live against teams that can't score. And that's what Nebraska is. Nebraska is a team that cannot score. Uh, so okay, you're gonna you're gonna say they beat that one. They beat Nebraska. Well, we'll just earlier. We're not we're not. But let's just look at the schedule here. Colorado State next. I mean, Colorado State. They were they were like a trendy dog, and Wazoo just absolutely smoked them on Saturday. And then you got Oregon. <laughs> right? That's where it comes back down to life. Like. The teams that are going to... You got Oregon and USC in ensuing weeks. Correct. And what I, that USC total is going to be like in the 80s <laughs> because neither team's going to be all that interested in making stops. But, you know, I, I think... I think that this win put a bowl game very much on the table. It is funny. Like, the, the stuff that... It, obviously, everyone's going crazy with this story. It was the story of the weekend. I, I've now seen betting lines on where will... Dion be coaching next, next year. Game one. NFL, game one, some other, you know, big I think time. I'm still going to say Colorado because I don't think the job that he covets is going to be open. Doesn't seem like it'll no. be open. Let's get to that one uh, next up. See what I did there? Very impressive. imagine an alternate universe where Dion does what he does and Travis Hunter does what he does who obviously flipped from Florida State and our man Mike Norvell would be getting unbelievable heat in Tallahassee right thank God for the transfer portal well that's one of the lessons of this weekend yes like and that's what's made week one so difficult heavy on the transfer portal absolutely well some notable teams that yes. went heavy in the transfer portal absolutely crushed it and one notable team that has resisted the transfer portal fell on its face. Yep. So Florida State handles LSU. Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell, by the way, 3-6 and six his first year, and then he lost his first four games of year two. And there's a Jacksonville State loss in there. Like, And now they handled LSU. Oh, they absolutely, I mean, the second half. They, and Keon Coleman is a monster. <laughs> that dude is unbelievable. The only problem I had with this game is I was struggling to figure out, am I more impressed with Florida State, which clearly I was impressed right. with Florida State. I'm not denying right. it. Or was I more disappointed in F, in LSU? Because I can't remember the last time I've seen an LSU defensive backfield that was just like getting that. absolutely on. There was like they were helpless. And yes, they don't have Mason Smith, and Mason Smith probably makes Perkins' life a lot easier. With that said, like they were getting absolutely like demolished on both fronts. And Jaden Daniels wasn't bad, but at the same time, he wasn't there was the opportunity to like take the game over and he just didn't do right. it. And Jordan Travis really good. Uh, he obviously had that bad pick early. He had a shaky second quarter, and then Mike's adjustment in the second half was to put two backs in the backfield right. and essentially to have a lead blocker. And from that point forward, LSU couldn't do anything because Florida State could run it at will, and then they had the play-action game, and it, guys were just standing wide open. It's impressive, honestly. Jordan Tra- he was not a particularly highly recruited dude. Uh, 
been brought along no, nicely. I, actually, I, I thought a key play in the game was in the second quarter, Travis, when he was starting to look yep. really shaky, he just tossed the ball up basically into the middle of the field. The only two people that were around the ball were LSU defensive linemen. Right. If they pick that, that then I think this game, the but way. they didn't. And in the second half, there's no question who the better quarterback was. 23 of his last 31, he yes. completed for 342 yards and four touchdowns. I root for Mike Norvell, and uh, I'm happy to see him see what he's done there at LSU Florida fans State. were very upset because they could have had Keon Coleman at two different points in time. And and what were the two different points in time? It could have, Obviously, Michigan State transfer. At a, right, at a yeah. high school, they could have they had, had him, him, and then they, they could have had, had him, him as portal. a transfer, and they didn't. That, that was a big – I noticed LSU fans were very upset at that. Nine catches, 122 yards, three touchdowns. And, a like, a double backflip at yeah. the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, who's next? Oh, how about that? How about those Dukies? 28-7 to over Clemson. Storming the field. Jeffrey, I don't think you and I are. I'm not, I'm not necessarily pro storming the field. But if you're going to storm a field, I do think. I think Duke storming the field against Clemson is appropriate. And I would also give credit. When it started becoming obvious that Duke was going to win the game, I started wondering, is this going to be a sad field storming? Is right. it going to look no, like... No, it, it was a good field no, storming. No, it was a strong field storming. Oh, you're right. You're exa- I think that's a reasonable concern. Yes. Like, I was like, is this going to... 37 Like Because I think we were all pretty there. confident. This is not going to look like when Tennessee stormed the field no. against Alabama. But at the same time, like, I tip my cap off, uh, tip my cap off to Peter and the boys. Strong field storming. Uh, first top 10 win in 10 years. And we were, we were earlier... Talking about the transfer portal. Seemed to work well for Colorado. Seems to have worked well for Florida State. Ebo's above it. How's that working out for him? Of course, in the end, like, you get inside three straight possessions inside the 10. Is it the transfer portal's fault that you have a block field goal, a fumble, and a fumble? Probably not. Um, with that said... How much would the transfer portal have helped out on some of their offensive line deficiencies that they've had? Right. They don't have the big game receivers that they've been having. And I actually, the more I've, like, watched Clemson recently, I think we spend so much time and energy focusing on what Georgia's done to Alabama. What I really think is true is what Georgia has done to Clemson. Because Clemson, you know, Deshaun Watson from Georgia. They were going in, and they were taking advantage of a lot of good talent in Georgia. I think that they have made Clemson's life hell, and then I think they made Auburn's life much, much more difficult. That's funny. Before Debo, Clemson was in this sort of, well, they were good once. Yeah. But, like, where are they going to get get their players from? And, you know, they're just – they got to split them with South Carolina – Everyone's around them. Like, whatever. Sure, the state produces some decent talent, but, you know, they, they, they got to go in Florida to right. get players. They got to go in Georgia and get players. And then Debo somehow, all of a Dabo, sudden. Dabo. Dabo, I'm sorry. Yes. I was going to say Debo, Debo Samuel. Yes. This is it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dabo. Um, South Carolina guy. Yes. Uh, he uh, he went in there and he he, he changed it. Yes. He changed the universe, and now it feels like it's Well, then I think the other aspect of it is, like, Perhaps, like, I, I never thought Clemson's rosters were at the top of college football. But they had Deshaun Watson and they had Trevor Lawrence. And that made up for... And a bunch of studs defensively. Yeah, studs defensively. And then where I think where they were kind of ahead of the curve, and this is where I give Hugh Freeze credit when he was at Ole Miss, where I think he was ahead of the curve when everyone was focused on getting the best running backs that they could. And they're like, well, we'll go get the best receivers and we're going to throw the ball down the field. It's a lot, you know, that changes the game, and that's the difference. Like, there's no even T. Higgins on the field. There is no T. There's definitely no T. Higgins on the field. Of course, there's no Travis Etienne on the field either. That's another key point. Um, anyway, Duke wins 28 And, like, while Riley Leonard's numbers didn't jump off the page last night, I think he's a very, very good quarterback. And that touchdown run. Well, I mean, and that to me, like that's the beauty. That was the difference in the game because that was a big third down. You shouldn't be able to do that on the Clemson defense. 
the, it's like the breaking of the tackle, which I couldn't believe. I mean, to me, like, that was kind of the key is Clemson couldn't stop the run. Jeff, sack, like, if you just take out sack-adjusted rushing, Duke ran for 6.6 a carry. Uh, uh, speaking of sack-adjusted rushing, rushing, who's next? Ooh, boy. UNC manhandles South Carolina 31-17. to As we said, nine sacks. And so, <laughs> with the sacks, uh, South, Carolina, South Carolina negative two yards. But even if you take out the nine sacks, They only ran for 65 yards. yards. Six, yeah. 64, 65, 65 yards. Um, so it was, that's what to me was, the, uh, UNC last year defensively was pathetic. And that's and, been very kind. And this year, like, it was kind of remarkable. They could not run the ball, period. They just, and he kept trying, kept trying. They could not run. The, you know, it reminded me a little bit of Memphis's offense last year. Well, and, the, and you kind of understood why they kept trying, because Rattler was absolutely under duress the whole day. And like under that duress was, the whole day. That was the thing. He wasn't bad, by the way. That Rattler was, the thing. was fine. It's like, he was like... But normally when you see a disappointing South Carolina result, you would just go and you'd look at the numbers and be like, I bet Rattler wasn't very good. No. Rattler wasn't the problem. 30, 39, 353 yards. Rattler was was part of the solution. Yeah. And everything he possibly could. I think he kept alive. them in the game yeah, to even game. make it reasonable. Drake May's really good, though. Drake May is, he is really good. And he's missing, you know. And he, he looks like he, he's really good in a way. He's, he's Is Tez Walker ever going to get eligible? I don't know, because the NCAA right now seems to be doing the thing where they're trying to bow up and say, like, we're still Proof in power here. Still the NCAA. Right. And, like, to me, like, Quez Walker and DeAndre Williams are the same thing to me. It's like, I get where you want to bow up and say, like, we're taking a stand. Those are probably the two wrong guys to take a stand on. I'll, I'll tell you this. I will be, if I were an NFL team in need of a quarterback, it's like John Martin and the Raiders, right? I would be perfectly happy to, like, to lock in Drake May right now. Maybe, maybe not my preferred solution, yes. No, I love Drake May. I mean, if, if Drake were in another year without Caleb Williams... Right. No, you'll be disappointed because you're not getting Caleb Williams. But at the same time, like I think Drake May's a stud, and yeah. the same things that make the same the same reasons that Caleb Williams is so intriguing: extending of plays, accuracy down the field. Drake Boys, May checks all, all that. Those. He's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's a stud. Uh, all right, who do we got? Okay, so we were kind of reaching it. I think it's pretty clear. Colorado 100% deserved their fight song. Played. Yes, 100%. Florida State could not have not played that fight song. Duke, there was any chance I was going to play the Duke fight song. UNC, huge game. Yes. After that, you run into a situation in college football where you need to blow up more teams than you probably need to celebrate the other teams. Well, and there weren't, there weren't that many... High profile, like unless it was a colossal upset, sure. Because we didn't have good team playing good team. No, everyone took week one as all right. We're going to get ready for week two. So you didn't have people winning great big games except for some of the aforementioned. Yeah. And so we could have gone with uh, Fresno beating Purdue. Yes, that was actually that was a very fun game to watch, but it was swallowed up by the it was swallowed up by. TCU Colorado. If you are uh, if you are a Purdue fan, are you concerned about you hire a defensive coach, you go the opposite direction, and uh, game one. Yeah, here's the reason why I wouldn't be concerned. Yeah, you hire a defensive coach, but that wasn't to me a defensive coordinator that was trying to like run his head against the wall. He let his offense play. It's just they ran into a they got into a shootout and they got the ball last. So we decided to play uh, Texas State, Texas of course. State. By the way, it is consistent with our theme. Yes. Transfer freaking portal. Yep. I think, Why is Texas State? I think they're the second. They had the second highest rated transfers behind Colorado. It's transfer portal as they beat Baylor. And if you are uh, if you are a Baylor fan, are you concerned about your head coach? Uh, 
Uh, I'm going to say no, because we have seen him. Like, I would have been concerned after year one, but I could I could wipe it out by saying, all right, that was COVID year. Then the next year, they win the Big 12, and they start to show, they start to show promise. I think the problem that you had in this game was you're sitting there and going, like, why does the team that looks like it has better players, why is it Texas State and not us? That's the concern. Portal. And also, this was the Jake Spavel. One of the coaches that I've never understood, like, I, I want his agent, and I, I, I assume it's Jimmy because he keeps getting jobs with Jake Spavadal. It's like every time he leaves a place, they get better. And so he was at Texas State, leaves the place, and then... I mean, T.J. Finley looked like a completely different player than we've seen our entire, like his entire career. He was incredible. Um, in terms of the SEC, disappointing from Florida, disappointing from LSU, disappointing from South Carolina. Yes. What do we think? I think we've gotten back to where it seems to me that the West is going to go through Tuscaloosa. One team we didn't mention, and I still don't know what to think of it, but Texas A&M looks like maybe they're starting to deliver on what was promised because they were explosive on offense, and their defense is always going to be pretty good. Um, LSU, I thought, was disappointing. Auburn is still, I think, an agent of chaos, so there's that. Ole Miss, I think, is probably going to be kind of agent of chaos. Kentucky looked better. Um... But I still think, in general, you have two really good teams in Georgia and Alabama, and then I think Tennessee's in that next tier, and then I'm not maybe A and M. I think it's going to be kind of a. I think it's going to be like last year, where it's a squishy middle. All right, who are we blowing up? Oh boy, this may be cool. I mean, there were like like the flip side of any of these upsets that you mentioned could be a team that you blow up, right? You could blow up. Oh, for sure. You could easily Baylor. blow up Baylor there. TCU. Could have blown up South Carolina, honestly. South Carolina. Like Carolina, North Carolina was good, but, but South I'm Carolina doing was... This as a, I'm doing this out of sympathy because Arkansas State, for a little while, was a credible football program. Kind of fun football program. They played... The cradle of coaches. The cradle of coaches... They won or played for the Sun Belt Championship six of eight years from 2011 to 2018. Like, pesky little team that was having a lot of fun over the new, newly revamped stadium over there. Good facilities in the Sun Belt, which makes a difference. Like, I don't know if facilities make a difference at the highest level of college football, but I think they do make a lot of uh, difference. You weren't going to beat Oklahoma. No, but you could have also that's have appalling. Like, presented a nothing. challenge. And now you've got uh, Memphis 21. What's the line? 21, 20 and a half, 21 and a half, something like that at this point. Memphis goes there this weekend. Uh, and, it, and at this point, it becomes a game you can't lose, right? Oh, for the Tigers, 100%. The Tigers. I, I think the first three games game. you can't lose. I think the first three games you can't lose. It would be mortifying to yes. lose this game. And I feel bad for the good people over there. Jonesboro. Let's see. It was north of 20 last I looked. I was trying to see if they had moved. Sometimes it's 21 and a half. <sighs> hey, boy. Right. I mean, you had a player's coat, like, consoling coaches. It's a tough scene. All right. Uh, that wraps up your college football week, week one. And uh, we'll talk about it more as the week progresses. Obviously, we got Chris Harrington coming up next. And then Fish on Friday, on Tuesday after that. If you're selling your house, Josh Hysaw is the person to call. 461-8147. I'm sorry, let's do that again. 461-8147. 461-8147. JoshSellsTheMidSouth.com. When I first uh, started talking about Josh, I met with him here. And I'm like, this all makes so much sense. Like, you you, you, you can, there's, there's, does not, make you represent him in front of you. You can fire him by text if you want. And then they have this deal whereby you list your house with him. If it doesn't sell within 45 days, he'll either buy the house or he'll step in and make the mortgage payments 
until it sells. There is a reason that Josh Hysaw has more than 285 star Google reviews. So if you are thinking of selling your house, he at least put him on the list of people to call. I think you'll be as persuaded as I was when you meet with him. Again, the phone number is 901-461-8147 or joshsellsthemidsouth.com. When we come back, Chris Harrington joins us. We'll talk uh, U.S. basketball. Dylan Brooks had a big weekend, saving Canada's bacon, getting Canada, helping along with Shea Gillis-Alexander, getting Canada in the Olympics next summer. Uh, And the U.S. has rolled over Italy. We'll talk all about that 